LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? Welcome to Monday Munchies. On these episodes, you'll be sitting shotgun on my adventures of exploring restaurants in the past few weeks. Albeit, I'm not a certified food critic, but I do love to eat, and someone say that I do have a certain set of skills. <laughs> not really sure what those are, but we will find out at one point, won't we? Nor am I a quote-unquote yelper like the majority of residents in South Park, Colorado, but I do love trying new restaurants and food, so sit back and enjoy Monday Munchies, episode 22. this episode today, we have some interesting little change of events. A lot of you have been asking me outside the podcast how everything went with the Strange Food Chicago Fest 2. Did an episode on it, promoted it, and also was working it when it was taking place. So I decided to give you guys a little hint inside what happened there and review a couple of the restaurants that actually attended the event. Let's get right to it. Ballot Eggs, Seasig, Grasshopper Tacos, Gizzards and Duck Neck, Chen Yu Style, Bell Dumplings, Fermented Chinese Water Jelly Dessert, Squidding Fried Rice and Larvae Soup, Fermented Sticky Rice Dessert, Open Face Jackfruit Chipito, Black Corn Fungus, Tree Ragu, Baba Ganoush Bar, Fresh Ban Quan Dumpling, Made to Order, Pork Adobo, Array of Seafood, Thai Cajun Style and many more. These foods sound strange, interesting, exciting to you? Well, you definitely missed out on attending the Strange Food Chicago Festival. There was musical performances by Japanese, Laotian, and Thai cultural performers. You had a chance to come in and enjoy these types of food. So let's do a quick rundown of the different restaurants that were there. First up was A Place by Demo. They are styled on the English signage and has been open for around six months and rather unassuming storefront on Halstead and Bridgeport. It's a great little cafe with only a few tables, churning out Chengdu style delights and with charm and characters of Mala flavor. This is a fall family run operation, but the flavors are homey and atmosphere remind me the ways of Tony Hughes Lao Sichuan in the old days. It's stimulating, satisfying stuff at an excellent value with plenty of weirdness to satisfy foodies. The menu, though, is quite small and does not make concessions to Americanized palate. The cafe caters to the local Chinese community, including students studying here from overseas. The menu contains Sichuanese spicy braised dishes, barbecue, including rabbit, very interesting and strange food for sure, and Sichuan standards such as bell dumplings, homemade sausages, sweet and spicy noodles, and vegetable meatballs with mala broth. Another vendor was Kaiguolani. Kaiguolani comes from Zapotec dialect meaning Piedra Antigua or Old Stone. 
in Spanish version, Cuyoguani in the name of small village in Axala, Mexico, where their culinary team is from, Santa Maria Cuyoguani. After cooking for several years traditional Oksana food, the team behind Kwagolani decided to move their hometown Santa Monica Kwagolani Oksana to Chicago in 2004. Their culinary experience was enriched when they started cooking contemporary Italian cuisine at Antiprima in Andersonville. In the summer of 2016, they saw the opportunity to take over the space where Rica's Cocina was. In late 2016, he started working with Rick's former owner, Chef Enrique Cortez, on a traditional menu that included original ingredients and flavors from their native state. At Kegolani, you find original flavors from the highest standards of Oksana and the Pacific Coast, including Tahuizas, Ceviche, Miranda Tamales, Oksana Cuenos, just to name a few. Their selection of Arugas Fresca include the famous horchata and tomanadillo as well as unique squash cooler called Chilacoyo that you will not want to miss. The next vendor is Spoon, an authentic Thai cuisine including specialties from the northern region of Isan. It's not like there's been a revolution among boring Thai food in Chicago, but there's definitely certainly healthy resistance, and I was born Chai and Vana Quatromantin's Little Lincoln Square restaurant. Spoon was the first place in the city willing to serve authentic, fully-flavored Thai food to non-Thais. It began in the summer of 03 with the discovery of the Thai language secret menu by a handful of obsessive chow hounds who had translated by plumbing the depths of the aggressive, brilliant seasoned dishes. An additional vendor was Im Rice and Bian. At Im, they served foods found at food stalls and carts in the streets of Thailand. Korad Gang, cooked food at steamed table served with rice. Sumtang, papaya salad, arhan tam sang, food bit to order, and kwai tua, soup noodles, and Thai style breakfast rice plates. Because they aim to make food authentic as they can, some dishes may be spicy or pungent. Mmm, interesting. Others may contain bones or spices, seeds, and leaves. That's getting on the strange side for sure. They also may not be vegetarian friendly due to above reason, but will try their best to accommodate any vegetarians. In Thai, Im means I'm full, I'm stuffed. If you want to do like the Thai, do you say Im when you're not eating? Followed by Aroy if it's delicious, which it always is. <laughs> Another vendor is seafood on the tables. Tucked away on a quiet corner, this place will soon be packed once people hear about the unique flavors they're serving up. They put a twist on the popular Cajun seafood boil. Instead of familiar lemon pepper or Cajun garlic, you can choose between sweet basil chili, Thai curry, or Tom Young to season up your seafood. And another vendor at the Strange Food Chicago Fest 2 was Radical Larder. Chef Megan Lumbier of the Radical Larder uses ingredients from local farmers markets and other resources around Chicago to develop dishes inspired by world cuisine and plant-based living. The chef strives to use whole ingredients and loves incorporating pickles and preserved items into her dishes and another later flavor and excitement to what she prepares. The Radical Larder is just wrapped up seven months since at Ipsento 606 where she developed her style more clearly. During this period, she discovered that she wants to focus on plant-based cuisine, food as nourished, and is most excited to develop menus based around these concepts. To learn more about Chef Bagel and Butter and Radical Larger, definitely check out my episode 81 on the Triple F podcast. Another phenomenal vendor at the festival was Honeydew. 
Honeydew Carry was founded to bring delicious Syrian dishes to Chicago. With authentic recipes by mother and grandmother of collaboration, Honeydew is introducing the finest Mediterranean food to Chicago. To learn more about them, plug into episode 47 on the Triple F podcast. Up next is Sweet Rice, an extension of Sticky Rice Northern Thai cuisine. They opened in January of 2016, and they serve Thai, Japanese, and Korean cuisine. They also specialize in Thai boat noodles over rice dishes, as it's to be Thai street food style. Another fun vendor was Suchi Sushi. There's a brand new sushi bar in town, located at 651 West Washington Boulevard in the West Loop. Sushi is founded by the former owners of special sushi hotspots Junso of Ora Sushi and Mitch Kim of Toro Sushi. Aimed at the neighbor's lunch crowd, it's currently open only weekdays from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. The menu includes sushi, poke bowls, and sushi burritos. Its opening menu includes lunch combos ranging from $7 to $11. It features a broad range of sushi rolls plus a signature quote-unquote sushi burrito, which contains sushi rice, lettuce, avocado, cucumber, campoyo, oshingo, and a choice of protein. I'm a burrito fan, so I'll definitely check out the sushi burrito. <laughs> Another vendor was Jirabi Mexican. Tacos, tortas, and other Mexican street food doled out in a cozy counter-serving digs with excellent seating. Another vendor was Kubo. In the words of Christine Ledesma, chef slash owner, quote, eating is what I love the most. Sharing my passion in cooking through their restaurant is an achievement and fulfillment. End quote. Come enjoy authentic Filipino cuisine in a warm and welcoming atmosphere. To learn more about them, definitely check out episode 77 on the Triple F podcast. Up next is the Bites Asian Tapas. They at Bites believe that food is more than merely part of survival. It is their passion. It has the power to transcend languages, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, they share their culture with friends, new and old. They share a piece of who they are, and by coming together for meals, they trade good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, they want you to celebrate cultures from around the world. They've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, Korea, and more. And they're also excited about the opportunity to creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how they shape their menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that is consistently evolving, a new story awaits you at Bites. To check out more about Bites Asian Chappas, check out episode 55 on the Triple F podcast. And our last stop at the Strange Food Chicago Fest is Animale. One that feeds itself to survive. Authentic, casual, Italian. Short subscription, but also the winner of the voted best food at the festival. Every participant of the festival had a chance to drop a gold coin at their favorite vendor's food shop. Animale won with a trip ragu dish. I had this, and it just blew my mind away. A lot of vendors had two, three, four dishes. Animali came with one dish. They knew what they were doing. They planned out what they wanted to provide, and they ended up winning this awesome trophy to take home, the Strange Food Chicago trophy. Absolutely fantastic. If you're not in attendance this year, definitely get a ticket for next year. We'll be talking about it again in about a year in October in 2018, but attending a food festival is nothing short of amazing.
So our first stop outside the festival, my adventures of food this past month, is Carmine's. A favorite among both Chicagoans and tourists, Carmine's remains a place to see and be seen year after year. People watch on their acclaimed patio or choose a cozy, intimate booth inside. Their passion for traditional Italian dishes has created a fine menu of tried and true classics, sure to impress your palate. Their signature sausage and peppers, jumbo stuffed mushroom, famous fish salad, and tender chicken, Vesuvio, please even the most vicarious appetite. Carmine's authentic pastas, savory lamb chops, veal sauté bonca, and mouth-wide New York strip steak, prepared either Vesuvio or Italian-style are guaranteed favorites. On the weekends, brunch offers the perfect mix of sweet and savory, from bananas foster French toast to crab cake benedict. It's perfectly paired with our signature morning cocktails. Came here with my mom, my brother, reading over the menu. Mind blown. Way too many good options on this menu. Ended up choosing the veal parmesan. Went with a standby staple. Uh, biggest veal I've seen in my entire life. This thing was eight inches in diameter. I was lucky to finish it over the course of two meals. <laughs> but when you're in an Italian restaurant and enjoying yourself, letting your hair down, always wash that down with a bad boy, also known as Peroni. You know, when in Rome, as always. And because I am a lover of sweets and just don't care about certain things we went out to dinner, the three of us split a cheesecake slice. This was also gigantic. Carmine serves up huge portions, great prices, and as I mentioned, people watching was fantastic. So if you're in Viagra Triangle, feel free to swing by Carmine's. Up next is Del Toro. The Del Toro owners, Everardo and Andres Garcia, were born and raised in Pilsen in a strong, traditional Mexican family. Their desire to bring a lot of their comfort food and favorite cocktails to the neighborhood, as well as a good business sense to develop their family's F&R liquors, helped bring Del Toro to life. Ended up stopping here before heading to the second week art gallery event in Pilsen. Had a five lizard beer, not recommended, most pungent beer I've ever tasted in my entire life. The wait was about an hour. We sat down for a drink and said, hey, you know what? Maybe it makes more sense to quick just run to the gallery than come back. We told the waitress to just kind of bump us back in line. Turns out as we were leaving, we were next to be seated, but we still wanted to get to the galleries. Came back, we skipped the line completely. VIP. Woo! <laughs> so we had made a quick little uh, dinner and got out of there, but the food was fantastic. We split the Del Toro guacamole and queso fundino, which is melted chihuahua cheese, flour, tortillas with chicken. This reminded me of the 90s uh, Taco Bell chihuahua. Yo quiero Taco Bell. If I knew what that meant in Spanish, but I'll be better off. <laughs> um, ended up just uh, doing that and then splitting the Christopher's triple flan cake. Not a huge dinner to split up, just a lot of carbs, cheese, and veggies, but in sweets, you know, always have a sweet thing to go out, but I would highly recommend uh, Del Toro for sure. Fantastic little Mexican restaurant in Pilsen. <laughs> Up 
Up next is The Bristol. It's an American restaurant located in Chicago's Bucktown neighborhood, about two blocks from where I live. <laughs> the Bristol has become a staple of Chicago's local dining crowd, off-duty chefs and the visiting gastronomes looking for a great diner on Sunday brunch. The menu features handmade pastas, charcuteries, farm-fresh produce, and knows the tale approach to cooking. Beverages include handsome cocktails, a wine list featuring over 200 producers, and beers from around the world. The Bristol second floor features a spacious private room built by a number of events from businesses, dinners, to wedding receptions. Your experience at Bristol will be met with a smile, warm with hospitality, and filled with great food and drink. Ended up going there for brunch. Was entertained the moment I walked up to the front door. There's two doors next to each other when you enter Bristol. Standing outside, I let a patron go first, walk by me as he's kind of rushing in there, tries to open the door, yanks as hard as he could, pushes on it, starts to get frustrated, clearly. So I put my hand on the door next to it and open it with ease. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> but this uh, was an interesting thing. Uh, we sat down, very quiet, very quaint, very tight little restaurant, but the chair I sat in was out of this world. Must have been like ergonomically formed to fit me perfectly. It was just a little chair that faced the booth, um, but it was fantastic. Granted, it was uh, metal, and I froze my butt off because how cold it was because it was November, but it was awesome. I ended up going with the classic Bristol breakfast. Two eggs over easy, hash browns, and sausage. Best sausage patties I've ever had in my entire life. I'm a huge Lynx guy, but these patties were incredible. And then, of course... The creme friche uh, in the hash browns was absolutely phenomenal. This place is fantastic for brunch. Going there with a big group, highly recommend recommendations. Going there with uh, two or four people, definitely just show up and enjoy yourself. You will not be disappointed in the Bristol. Our next stop is Pacific Bistro, up in Delafield, Wisconsin. Inspired by the colorful world of Asian cuisines, Pacific Bistro brings a new approach to diners and offers a variety of tastes. Their chefs are dedicated to creating unique Pan-Asian flavors and use only the highest quality of fresh and seasonal ingredients throughout the year. You will find influences from traditional Thai, Japanese, Chinese, and Vietnamese home cooking with a modern twist. Their family has passed on traditional cooking techniques from many generations to bring out flavors from ancient ingredients such as galgangal, coffee or lime, ginger, soy, curry, lemongrass, etc. Everything is made fresh from scratch. Their chefs continuously bring fusion ideas using different textures and forms, adding modern cooking techniques all to excite your taste palate. The bar menu features a variety of wines, beers, sake, and cocktails with house signature drinks such as Lemongrass Cosmo and Blood Orange Mojito. They invite you, your family, and friends to come and explore the many flavors of the menu selection. Pacific Bistro offers diners a choice to dine in the main room, at the sushi bar, or football, or in the hibachi room, private room, or outside patio. I attended here on Black Friday. My family just bought a new home in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Uh, my birthday was actually Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy birthday. I know. Just turned 21. <laughs> uh, but my brother and my parents attended a wedding, so I was kind of, you know, SOL that night. So I ended up going with a friend to the Pacific Bistro. Uh, you know, 
when the cats are away, the mice play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it was fantastic. Uh, we ended up splitting the combination deluxe sushi platter, which included four pieces of sushi, yellowtail, salmon, white tuna, and fluke, and six pieces of sashimi, tuna and salmon, and a golden cali roll. Really want to go with the sushi boat, just so I can say, I'm on a boat. But uh, the $108 between two people, we knew we weren't going to finish the 12 rolls. <laughs> Excuse me, six rolls, but, you know, it's 12 half rolls. It is what it is. All I knew was we weren't going to finish it. But I had a fantastic thing. A fantastic little restaurant in the middle of Delfield, halfway between Milwaukee and Madison. Surfing the area, looking for some solid Asian food, definitely check out Pacific Bistro. Our last stop is RPM. Located in Chicago's River North neighborhood, RPM Italian is a modern approach in Italian and spirit and features a contemporary chef-driven menu with dishes meant to be shared. This is a restaurant to RPM's sake. RPM Italian marks the first collaboration between partners RJ, Jared, and Molly Melman. Celebrity couples Bill and Gwana Runchenek and acclaimed chef Doug Pasaltas. Menu highlights include more than a dozen fresh pastas made in-house daily, slow-roasted meats, wild fish and seafood, and celebrated Italian classics with an elevated twist. Signature RPM cocktails on any wine and expensive list top off the dining experience. RPM Italian's chic space is set in tones of black, whites, and grays, and boasts rich woods and leathers, making it the perfect spot to enjoy a great meal, dio, or simply a late-night bite. Met someone here for a happy hour. I left work a few minutes later than I wanted to, you know, like 5.03 instead of 5 o'clock on the dot. <laughs> Get a text. Um, uh, you're late, so I ordered one of everything on the happy hour menu. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be one of those nights. <laughs> but the happy hour menu was phenomenal. We spent the provolone stuffed peppers, fried olives, big-eyed tuna, which came with basil aioli and garlic toast, and prosciutto in a bun which was buffalo mozzarella and basil. And for our main dishes, we split the Mama de Pandis bucatini and the spicy king crab. For a happy hour from 6 to 8 p.m., this was absolutely incredible. I absolutely love this stuff. I would highly recommend it. I don't really know what uh, the rest of the menu entails, but it is a few blocks away from the office, so I'll definitely be stepping back into the RPM Italian Ristorante. This episode is sponsored by our friends over at StakeHall. StakeHall is a social wagering app for the next generation. With StakeHall, you can easily challenge your friends to games of skill or even be a third-party judge between mutual friends. Stake your hard-earned cash, a night out in the town, or even just your dignity. They strive to be one of the most entertaining and most interactive social wagering platform on the market. StakeHall is an app that you download on the App Store. Uh, right now it's on iOS only, soon to be coming into Android, where you can challenge your friends to some fun games. I've challenged some friends to a game of ping pong. I've challenged some game friends to a round of hot wing eating contests. Right now I'm in the challenge of Movember, things of that nature. Absolutely incredible. Ever have that friend that takes a bet with you and then the other doesn't want to pay up and says, Bro, we never shook hands? No longer a problem with StakeHall. 
You can put it up on social media, share it with your friends, get a third-party judge, problem solved. Check them out at stakehall.io. That's S-T-A-K-E-H-A-U-L dot I-O. Or go to the iOS and iOS store and download them. Stakehall. Check it out now. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.